Hey guys, and welcome to Hunting Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by Alabama Farmers Co-op. From backyard gardening to large-scale farming and everything in between, your local co-op has what you need to be successful. Since 1936, Alabama Farmers Cooperative has provided high-quality products and friendly service to community members and local farmers. With over 60 locations to serve you and 85 years of experience, you can count on the co-op. For more information and to find a location near you, visit www.alafarm.com. And also brought to you by Fatanas Defense, Masters of Darkness, is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles built around the Fatana 16 millimeter filmless 4G image intensifier tubes and their hybrid filmless 18 millimeter image intensifier tubes. These ultralight, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular, the PD Pro B 16 millimeter binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Patanus Defense, Masters of Darkness. I'm your host, Joe Baya, here with my co host, Butch Theory, Clint Flowers. Guys, you know, last time we were talking about building a cabin, and we've got a series. It seems like every time we get a show done, we realize we need one more show. So we've got quite a few parts of this series left but in some additions to 12 you know 9 10 11 12 yeah. 13 there'll probably be some more hey too. <laughs> i mean there's a lot to it there's a lot of decisions to be made you know originally we're talking about creating a budget then we talked about choosing a site today we're going to be talking about in our opinion the next step which is getting electricity into your site whether you want to use utilities or some type of alternative power generation whether that's solar wind generators there's a lot of different options for you out there uh, when it comes to that, I mean, we talked last time on the site selection show about how sometimes the most aesthetically pleasing spot is not necessarily the easiest spot on your property to access. And for that reason, it can be expensive to run utilities uh, in oh, yeah. some cases. Uh, that's particularly a consideration to cost. But then a lot of folks are just looking to get off the grid, so to speak, and for a multitude of different reasons. So today we're going to be talking with Rob Ozols. He's the founder of Vulcan Solar Power. And uh, Rob, welcome to Hunting Land, man. Well, thanks for having me. Excited about this conversation. Well, tell us about Vulcan Solar Power and, and your role there. Uh, I'm the owner and founder of Vulcan Solar. We're a you know, licensed general contractor and home builder. Uh, we specialize only in solar energy systems, both commercial scale and residential. Uh, we've been in business for a bit over six years and done a more solar in the state of Alabama than, than anyone else. So, you know, when I'm thinking about the options that I've got to build a cabin uh, for electricity, I obviously I think about utilities, right? I can just run a power line in there, depending on where it is. Uh, obviously, we can, we can use solar to generate power and bank that power. We can run off generators. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. We're just camping, having a good time using, a, using campers and, and running off generators. What other options are out there for somebody? What are you? What do you see when you're doing installations as the different forms of electricity that people are comparing solar to? Yeah. So, well, first, solar is a great application 
for hunting cabins, particularly remote hunting cabins. Um, as you've already mentioned, one of the, the biggest factors can be the cost of the utility running a power line. And we've talked to folks who have been, you know, quoted by various utilities in the state, you know, it can be anywhere from 10,000. We've seen over 40,000, you know, depends on, you know, how far off the the beaten path your your cabin is, but you know, and, and those numbers aren't even for kind of extreme. We're not talking about two miles from the nearest power line. You know, we're talking a quarter mile, half mile, uh, right. if that. So you want power at your hunting cabin? Who doesn't? If you're considering utility power, you could be looking at a really high upfront cost just for them to run power to your your cabin. And then on top of that, obviously you have monthly bills for the you know, the rest of your life. For as long as you own that cabin, you're paying a monthly bill and even a monthly bill, even if you're not using any power, you know, they all have, you know, minimum 30 to $50, you know, just meter fee, just for the, the privilege of, of having power. Uh, so you're looking at a, a big upfront cost potentially for running power. Uh, and then you're also looking at, you know, monthly bills for, for as long as you own the cabin. And then, so one option is, an off-grid solar energy system, which is a solar energy system with a battery bank that provides continuous power whenever you need it. And so first advantage, as we've always already mentioned, is the, uh, you know, you're saving that big upfront cost from the utility and, you know, you have free power for, you know, the next 30 plus years, really. And, but then there, there's other advantages of an off-grid solar energy system versus uh, utility. And, and one big advantage is um, when there's power outages, grid outages. Uh, with an off-grid solar energy system, you are fully autonomous. If there's a bad storm, anything else, you still have power at your hunting cabin. You know, and on top of that, you know, that a lot, you know, hunting cabins, you may not visit over a month's time. And if you want refrigeration, freezer, you got food, you got, you know, meat from the deer you got, and your cabin loses power, not only do you lose all that, but you're walking into a horrible, horrible nest. Oh, yeah. 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 I was thinking hurricanes, too. That was one of the big things I was thinking. about. Yeah, absolutely. You know, on top of that, too, unfortunately, I guess, with a hunting cabin that's fed by the utility is your cabin's probably going to be the, the first to lose power in a bad storm. You're already in a rural area. There's probably trees on your property, et cetera. And you're probably going to be the, your cabin's going to be the last to get power back. You know, you're low on the priority, you know, towns, big homes. The more remote you are, like you say, you're you're the last mile vendor, so to speak. And also, like you say, I mean, where we're talking about Butch putting scabbing on my place, there's going to be a lot of trees right next to this power line. And so big storm comes through knocks that power line down. Maybe I know it, maybe I don't. Either way, I've got to get somebody out there to fix it. I guess the alternative to that is underground. You know, you can run those lines underground, but then you still are only as good as where that underground goes to. And that adds to the expense, right? I mean, typically- I was about to say, I would assume that's going to cost more too. Yep. It'll, it'll cost more. There's also certain issues. You know, if you run power underground and there's an issue with the, the wiring, it's- much more difficult to to fix as well or even not yeah to troubleshoot and to fix right so yeah you're you're more likely to lose power when you do lose power you're going to lose it longer than you guys own hunting cabins i'm sure your experience you know 
here in Birmingham, you might lose power for a couple hours in a bad storm. But if you're out in a rural area, it could be a couple of days. And that's not factoring yeah. in, you know, really extreme weather events, you know, like right. we've seen in Texas or Louisiana, where people, people are out of power for a week or two weeks. You know, in those events, the best place to be would be your, your hunting cabin with an off-grid solar energy system. So one of the things I'm thinking here, Rob, is, you know, in the South, as you know, we, we have to have air conditioner. I mean, it's really just not an option wherever you are, whether you're in the, in the main grid or you have an off-grid off power source. I'm talking about solar in particular here today. What are some drawbacks of solar and is that one of them? I really don't know much about it, so I, I might be getting too in the weeds here too quick. But as far as the whole system and the bank, do you have to worry about the output? Am I going to have enough power to run my air conditioner and things like that? Uh, no, you, you raise a good point and kind of bigger picture. What you're, what you're talking about is all that needs to go into the, the design and sizing process of the system. What we tell folks, it, it's kind of easier to, to discuss in the sense of context of building you know, a new hunting cabin. Kind of the more money and care you take into building an efficient cabin, you know, you'll get more of that back in less costs on the solar energy system because you can get away with installing a smaller system. So specifically with, with AC, you know, we highly recommend, you know, what's called AC mini splits. They're incredibly, um, I'm sure you guys are mm -hmm. aware, maybe it came up on a recent podcast with y'all, with but they're incredibly more efficient than your standard residential HVAC unit. You know, you can control them by room. So that's, we totally understand people want AC and you can do off-grid solar with AC, but you want to focus on using the most energy efficient appliances you can, mini split, if you have freezer, microwave, everything that you can, you can use that you can buy that's, you know, the high rated energy efficiency, LED lighting, all that. The more, because the, the big cost of an off-grid solar energy system is kind of the, the baseline for how big the system is, is we look at the shortest days of the year. So late December, how much energy does your cabin need or use, you know, while you're there during those shortest days of the year? And then we assume that there's no solar production for two to three days. It's just really bad weather. Your solar panels aren't producing anything. So you're fully relying on your battery storage. Is your battery capacity enough to power your cabin for those two to three days when it's not getting any recharging from the solar panels? That's size consideration one. And then the next step, once you properly size the batteries is, is the solar array the number of solar panels, the, the capacity of the solar array you've installed, is that big enough during these short days to keep your battery 100% charged when you enter this two to three day period with no solar production? Hopefully that, that makes sense. Yeah, you're planning for the worst, but then you can always have like a backup generator too, right? Absolutely. So off-grid systems, they are fully designed to incorporate a backup you know, gas or diesel generator. Um, it works pretty similar to how, you know, a backup generator would at, at your home. But instead of, you know, the, the grid outage tripping your generator, what it is, is you set a, a maximum discharge level 
for your batteries. So say you set it at 20%. So when your batteries get down to only 20% charge, the generator trips on, charges them back up to 100% and then trips off. So it's not even like, oh, can't use solar, 100% reliable on the generator now. You know, it's just turning on just to juice your, your batteries back up to full and then it's off. So yeah, uh, including a, a backup generator can be you know, very beneficial and make economic sense in certain off-grid applications. And then you're also benefiting with the solar. You're not, you're not using much gas. You know, it's just to top off your batteries. Yeah, I really like the idea of having like a, you know, a solar array that's charging my, my battery bank and then also like a whole house propane generator that can then kick on when I'm depleted or, you know, it's one of those cloudy periods. I mean, shoot, very good example was the week after Christmas this year. We had clouds all week long, hot temperatures too, almost 80 degrees. We were running the AC. <laughs> there was no sun. It was raining. You know, I mean, it was just nasty and we needed it, you know? So I like the idea of having that. And like you say, then you get all the benefits of we have a hurricane, no problem. We have a, uh, you know, if you would need that second place to go to where you know you're going to have power, that's a nice, nice feeling to know you got that backup. I'm one of those people that we've got a meter on the well, a meter on the barn and a meter on the camp because the power company wouldn't let us just have one meter. And then we've got the minimum charge every month. So all of this really intrigues me because I'm spending about $1,500 a year just to be able to turn the switch on to start with before I start actually running the meter. So if, if we're in one of those areas and getting into the components of this, if we're in an area where we expect, you know, extended days of, you know, cloudy skies or, or bad weather, things like that in the time of years, we're going to be really using this the most. What do you start with here? What do you compensate for that with? Is it, is it trying to get a larger battery bank or more panels or what do we need to really get this system rolling? Yeah. To start with, you know, we never want to, you know, overpromise and, and underdeliver. So we always err on the conservative oversizing the system, you know, that does increase the cost, but the last thing you want is to sell someone on an off-grid system and they run out of power. Another factor we, we've talked about is including a backup generator, which particularly makes sense if you know we're retrofitting an existing cabin that already has a generator on site and really any generator can be easily integrated into an off-grid system. So you already, you, you know, you've already paid for the generator, might as well use it because then we don't have to you know, we can reduce the size of the solar array and the batteries. And part of what goes into our sizing the system is we use uh, the National Renewable Energy Laboratories. They have this, it's called a PV Watts model. And you can put in the, the specs of the system and the, the zip code, and it'll model out the production of the solar array. You know, every month, you can actually model it out hourly. Uh, throughout the year. And it's based off of the nearest weather station and 10 years of historical oh, wow. weather data. So you're already in, in sizing the system, you're already kind of factoring in, you know, the, the local weather. So, you know, and that's an issue. And sorry, I'm bouncing around. But, you know, and that's one of the issues with like a do it yourself kit, you know, one size fits all. You know, an off-grid system you need in Nevada, in the high desert, your bighorn, you know, sheep hunting is much smaller than, you know, what you need in, in Alabama. There's just more solar production 
And so the, in the major components of the system, you have the solar panels and they're installed on a, a mounting or a racking system, you know, ideally on the roof, but we've done a lot of ground mounts as well. Uh, a the rooftop is just a little less expensive because you're not building the full ground mount structure. But one issue, if, you, if it's kind of a small cabin, doesn't have a good roof or, you know, it's going to use a lot of power to go fully off grid, you're probably going to need to go with a ground mount regardless just to be able to install enough solar panels. Set it inside big, you know, tree cover, scenic areas. So it's beautiful setting, but doesn't do you a lot of good from a solar exposure setting. Yep. And that's, that's a, a very important kind of consideration. If it's a new cabin and selecting your site or, you know, building it is, you know, what, what can you do to make your solar energy system more productive and more cost effective? If it needs to be a ground mount, you know, we want an area, you know, as close as possible to the cabin that is open, that isn't shaded, you know, shading is bad. If, yeah. if the cabins <laughs> make sense for yeah. solar power or uh, if we're going to go with the solar panels on the roof, you know, ideally a south facing roof east and west is, is perfectly fine as well, but not a, a north facing roof. And again, if we're going to go on the roof, we need to make sure we've cleared enough trees that there's there's minimal shading. What we're looking for is unobstructed sunlight from 10 to a minimum of 10 a.m. to 3 p.m every day. And there's devices that can measure that, you know, on site, you know, you don't have to go there, you know, four times in a year, you go there one day and you can measure the, on what the solar radiance will be throughout the year. So, so very, those are, very cool. you know, we need a, it's going to be a ground mount, you know, we need an area and, and yes, you, you have to sacrifice that area, but it's, it's not that big, you know, we're talking maybe, you know, a thousand square feet. So that's like the next question I was going to ask, you know, if we have a, if we have a thousand square foot cabin, is there a rule of thumb? You know, this one needs 500 square feet. If you have a thousand square foot cabin, you need 500 square feet of solar, either on your roof or on the ground. Is there a template there or rule of thumb? Not as much as, as I would like, or, or you would <laughs> like, or any of our customers would like, because again, it, it all gets down to the energy usage of the cab cabin, right. and, you know, the difference between you know, an energy efficient, you know, a thousand square foot energy efficient cabin with a mini split and spray foam installation and so forth, that'll use less power than your run of the mill 500 sure. square foot cabin. So it kind of boils down to like, it, like if we were I'd come to you, Rob, and I would say, hey, I'm planning to run, I want to be able to run an air conditioner, some power tools, I'm outside working, I'm going to have a freezer that in a refrigerator freezer or, or a full-time chest freezer that's there and it, and it's running year round. I'm going to give you an idea what I'm going to run. And then you're going to be able to back out how much battery bank and solar array you need to run those items. Is that right? Exactly. Our, our manufacturers and distributors, they have spreadsheets that we use, you know, for an off-grid, you, you really do want to spend the time on your due diligence. So we ask our customers, you know, as granular as possible, you know, every single load, you know, what's your make and model of your microwave, mm. your, you know, computer, TV, you know, your AC mini split, everything, total wattage of your lights. And then also how frequently you're going to use it, you know, two days a week, these months, a year, whatever. And then we can model out how big the system needs to be. All right, guys, let's take a quick break. Don't forget about our sponsors and make sure you support them when you're out in the marketplace.
Boater's List. Boater's List is your new reliable and fast resource designed to link everyone to everything on the water. If you run a boat, you know how difficult it can be to find the right company for the task at hand. Boater's List makes this easy and easy to find the service you are looking for. Locate anything from fuel docks to service repairs or rentals of large yachts all the way down to paddle boards and all things in between. Boaterslist.com will always strive to make it better on the water. And also brought to you by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you hunt or fish in the deep south, you know that it's different down here. Spawning seasons, patterns, and food sources are not the same as other areas of the country. At Great Days Outdoors Magazine, southern outdoors writers pick the brains of the best southern hunters and anglers to give you the best how-to, where-to, and when-to articles, along with so much more. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, Bass Pro Shops, Academy Sports & Outdoors, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. You know, Rob, you alluded to it earlier. Probably one of my biggest fears is having my freezer go out on me uh, because I've got so much wild game meat and fish in my freezer. I, I would just... That scares me, you know, thinking about that, Rob, like one of the, one of the things with, with a hunting camp, like if you're, if you're there two weekends a month or, you know, just whatever, you're just not there all the time. You're going to want to keep some things on, right? You want to keep your freezer going, probably keep a dehumidifier going, probably keep your mini split set to be, you know, you just want, don't want to get too cold in there, too hot in there, those kind of things. So when you talk about things like that and being able to run that gives me peace of mind, the thought of having a solar array, even if I had utilities already, because then I can leave those things plugged in and, and feel like, hey, this is going to stay running no matter what happens to the grid. So for people that already have utilities at their camp, is solar still an, an option to tie back in and give them a backup source of power, but also tie back into the grid? Like, is it a reality that you could feed power back to the grid? Yes. So there's basically three types of solar energy systems we've We've talked about off-grid that, you know, it's kind of self-explanatory as well. And then there's just a purely grid-tied system, no battery storage. When it's producing power, it's offsetting what you're buying from the grid. If it's producing more power than you need at that moment of time, it goes back onto the grid and you get a credit. But all utilities in Alabama give a very low credit for the excess versus what they charge you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the... The kind of third option is, you know, grid tied with battery backup. So when the grid is up, the system is is operating, you know, keeping your batteries fully charged, offsetting um, what you're purchasing from the grid. And then when the grid goes down, it isolates from the grid and you have an off-grid system, but not size as big as, you know, a full off-grid system otherwise why wouldn't you just be off grid? Right. Um, and with the, these uh, grid tied battery backup systems, you don't back up, you know, if we're talking like a residential, you don't back up the entire home because you will, you know, draw down your get power battery. back. So you, before it would matter, right? yep. you just want to back up the essentials, the freezer. Exactly. Or- we install what we call a critical load panel, everything that is critical to you to have power during a power outage. So fridge, freezer, you know, certain lighting, so forth, you know, the more you put on that, the bigger the battery storage will need to install. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a, you know, there's a trade off, but yeah. So, so an existing 
hunting cabin that already has grid tied power. You can certainly do solar and like a solar battery backup. So that gives you the peace of mind that, you know, your freezer is not going out. But in, in full transparency, in that situation, I'd, I'd probably just recommend just the battery backup part mm-hmm. and not the solar. Because if you're already paying for utility service and you're only getting pennies on the dollar for any excess, well, if it's your twice a month hunting cabin, basically 95% of the time, all the power it's producing is getting sold back to the utility for not much right. money. Whenever you have a grid tied system, whether it's grid tied or grid tied battery backup, you want to use as much power produced by the system as possible. That's where you're getting your savings. You know, what we tell people, particularly here in Alabama, you're not going to make money selling power back to the utility. Mm-hmm. So we're a solar contractor, but we're also, you know, we pride ourselves on not misleading folks and being transparent. So, you know, if, if someone came to me with a, you know, hunting cabin that already had, you know, they'd already paid all the costs to run power and, you know, they're worried. They, they voice the concerns you talk about, you know, I don't want to show up and find out my freezer is gone. All, you know, all my wild game is spoiled. Or to to show up and not be able to have, I mean, like you think about during hunt season, you don't, you don't usually need your air conditioner, but you're going to need lights, you know? And, and so you may want to just be able to know that if, Hey, if I go up there, I'm going to be able to enjoy the weekend, whether I've got power or not. Exactly. If I lose yep. power while I'm there, we're going to have lights and we're going to be able to get through the weekend with what we've got. Exactly. Uh, without me having to go up and crank a generator or something like that. Exactly. And, and you don't have the, the risk that the generator won't crank, you know, that your gas has gone bad or just right. whatever. Yeah. So yeah, in that scenario, and we can do it. We, you know, we're a licensed installer of a number of different batteries, but yeah, we would recommend just, you know, saving costs by just installing a battery bank as your backup power source. Yeah, that's a, it's a good idea. Peace of mind. Uh, I'm, I'm big on that. I like putting my head down on my pillow and going to sleep at night. So, you know, you're talking about cost of this and selling, selling power back and all these different, you know, kind of options that are out there. When you start factoring the cost of the components, the cost of the installation, design, everything that goes into a solar power system with a battery bank with that being your primary source of of power generation you're not on the grid just to truly off-grid system when does it start to become more cost effective than just tying into the grid i mean i'm in this situation right now i've chosen this campsite it's beautiful spot on the creek but it's about 450 to 500 yards i'm gonna have to run electrical service lines either above ground or underground that decision hadn't been made yet but if i do it you know it's going to be significant expense in getting power back there. And then I'm going to have, like you say, the monthly bill and, and some of the drawbacks. But where do you think it starts to make sense, just from a dollar's perspective, to go solar? In this context with the off-grid hunting cabin, you know, this is very high level. But I would say, you know, when you're looking at potentially, you know, 10000 or more to run a line, which sounds like a lot, but it isn't as far as no. what utilities will, will quote you. Because one thing to keep in mind, so there's a, a 26% federal tax credit for homeowners, businesses who install solar energy systems. And that includes, that covers the cost of the batteries as well. You know, so, you know, and the costs of an off-grid cabin can, can vary tremendously. Again, it, it goes down to how big is the cabin, how much energy 
uses, how often are you going to use it, et cetera. But, you know, it could be, you know, as little as, you know, 10,000, you know, up to, you know, 40,000. Yeah. It just depends on how much you want to run. Right. right. I mean, if you're going to be up there with right. having a, like if you're talking, I just want in freezer and <laughs> like all this stuff. Yeah. You're talking, I just want a hot plate, some lights, you know, and, and, and right. one outlet like, Oh, it'd be less than 10,000. If you're talking, you know, I want a comfortable cabin and TV and, and stuff like that, you know, you're getting closer to 30,000. Right. But you get 26% back dollar for dollar right. from the IRS. Yeah, that's huge. So say it's even on the massively high end, $50,000, which for hunting cabin, I just, I can't imagine it being that expensive. Well, ever. I don't know. You hadn't seen some of the hunting cabins. Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, I had a um, property a few years ago. I mean, it's a thousand acres on a river, beautiful track. And they just wanted a kind of a modest family place there with, with normal amenities. And, but when we priced bringing the power in, not counting the cost of clearing the right away, not counting the cost of the poles, just, just standard, you know, everything's ready for the lines. It was going to be close to a quarter million dollars. It was over that it was $280,000. And when you think about what you could save in time and headache and money of getting just a really good solar system that's turnkey that you're in control of and you don't have miles of line to worry about getting a tree on it or something else you know interfering with that service it's just it's just mind-blowing that it could be that efficient and that easy yeah that is a no-brainer to me right there i mean over a quarter million dollars you know it could be a you know a hunting lodge and we'd be able to install an off-grid system for less than that so you're literally coming out of ahead day one and getting a tax credit and never having a power bill and having autonomous power during storms and so forth. So yeah, again, it depends on, you know, how big the cabin, you know, how big the system needs to be, but usually, yeah, it starts making sense if it's going to cost more than 10,000 to run a line. And that's again, also ignoring the, the other kind of intangible benefits of solar the the autonomy you know the peace of mind all that stuff well this kind of reiterates to me what my thought was is you know this isn't as simple as just running to your local hardware store grabbing some solar panels and some batteries and just plugging that sucker in you know you guys are able to get much better components and even though you know to the layman out there solar panels all look the same it's obvious that the there are different grades and qualities to these systems you know much more than we can do on our own or get on our own, I should say. You know, talking about components a little bit, I'm a little bit of a high-tech redneck, but I'm a no electrometrician. So, I mean, what are we talking about as far as maintenance and, and what if it breaks? I mean, what do we do? Is it something that I can do myself or just kind of walk us through a little bit of some problems you've had there or some, some things you've encountered? What he really means, Rob, is like whenever there's a bad ice storm or, you know, a wind storm and it's two o'clock in the morning and Bush doesn't have his little space heater there <laughs> in, his, in his hunting cabin, can he just call you, you know, and be like, hey, man, we'll fix this. Yeah, we, we do service, um, but I'll say that's extremely rare that we do service. And it's because, you know, one of the great things about solar is how reliable it is. There's no moving parts. So there's nothing that requires kind of ongoing maintenance. It's not even like a generator that you need to run every once in a while and that you need to, you know, service every however many years, so forth. So there's no moving parts, incredibly reliable. You know, for example, solar panels, 
you know, all the, you know, we only use premium, premium stuff, but you're, you know, they have worn 25 year warranties, batteries less, you know, their warranties are in the 10 to 12 to 15 year range. You know, their lifespan for a hunting cabin would be significantly longer than that because their, their lifespan is dictated by how often they're discharged and how deep the discharge is. So if you're not using that cabin that much, they're staying hundred percent charged. They're going to last, you know, a really long time. And this gets to another reason not to use a do it yourself kit. You're not getting top end components. You're not getting our support. If something were to go wrong, you're not getting the manufacturers support. You know, we have direct lines, to all the manufacturers, you probably aren't even getting the warranty. They might say you're getting more, but a lot of solar manufacturers, if it's not installed by a you know, professional solar company, the warranty's void. And then as far as storms and so forth, we understand that you know a lot of hunting cab- cabins are way off the beaten track, you know, not, not subject to a building department inspections, but we uh, always design and install everything to the highest code standards. And that includes, you know, wind engineering, wind loads. So, you know, what we tell people, you know, if the if we install a, you know, solar array on your roof, you know, you're going to lose your roof before those solar panels blow off your roof. And actually, some of our manufacturers even have pictures that show that, like a metal, yeah, a metal standing seam roof where the the roof is peeled or your you know corrugated roof, the roof has peeled until it got to where the solar array was. And that was actually providing even more support to lock it in place. Same with the ground mounts, you know, all wind load engineered. The, the solar panels are made from high impact glass and they're rated like the minimum rating for a premium solar panel is a half inch ball of hail. Might actually be an inch ball of hail at 50 miles per hour. Um, but we've seen a lot of, you know, or not a lot, we've, we've seen a couple of the solar panels we use tested beyond the terminal velocity of hail, where they actually shoot hail out of a cannon faster than it can possibly fly. So, and, and we actually, we had a, the, the fir- very first project we ever did, a small residential, um, several years later, we got called back to help because we, we had to shut off the system to allow some roof repairs uh, as a shingle roof because the a hailstorm had come through and uh, the section of the roof that didn't have the solar panels was damaged by hail, but not a single solar panel was damaged. It actually protected the roof where they were. Um, That's not to say something can't happen, but the maintenance costs, you know, are, are very low. And if you use us, you know, you have us on call as well and you know, everything's fully warranted. So yeah, that, I mean, that's one of the great things about solar. It's so reliable. Yeah. Sounds like it's pretty, uh, pretty bulletproof, you know, on those ground mounts, Joe, I wonder if they're uh tractor proof. Right. I know some people <laughs> like to hit some things with tractors. I, see, I was kind of thinking like, if you position them in the right spot in your place, you could like sit behind them and use them kind of like a, a ground blind. blind. You know? yeah. <laughs> well, like we it. do always recommend and essentially insist because some codes require it that, that you do fence it off. And so even if, Sounds like you know, even if you're idea. a half mile away from the road, you know, that it's certainly required in, in your backyard or at a school or something, because it is an electrical system. You can't have kids, neighbors, right. anything walking up and pulling on wires. 
this, some of the tractor operators that I know that shall remain nameless definitely need fencing around these. Yeah, absolutely. Big <laughs> yep. fencing. Big fencing. Not, and I've heard yeah. Big fencing. like people putting them in pastures without a fence and 2,000 pound steer will do, walk up, think it's a good back scratch and just start, <laughs> you know, knocking things over. So, oh, yeah. That's funny. You want to fence it in. You don't want anybody having access. And yeah, and it helps if someone's out there on the four wheeler at night maybe driving a bit too fast that, <laughs> you know that, that right. has happened too yep, yep. um yep. yeah what we have access to is top of the line latest and greatest product that the average layperson a non-solar contractor couldn't even get and again because we're licensed contractor licensed home builder you know we're certified by a number of the manufacturers we use you know you have no issues with warranties actually some of the product we use, you get an even better warranty because we're certified by that manufacturer. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd very much caution against the do-it-yourself. You're also talking, this is at the end of the day, a mini power plant. You know, you want electricians, you want contractors who are doing it right so the wind doesn't blow it off and, and so forth. And yeah, and you want the, the reliability that it was done the right way, the best way, you know, by someone who will stand behind their work. Rob, this has been very educational, man. We appreciate you sharing your expertise with our listeners and our audiences. If folks want to find out more about Vulcan, um, what's the best way to get in touch with you? And I'm sure you have some resources there on the web. Just where would you want to push people in order to find out more about you and your company? Yeah, the best way to, to learn more about us is on our website, www.vulcansolarpower.com. Vulcan, just like the, the statue. You can also give us a call at 205 679 8666 on our uh, website. There's also contact cons- free consultation request you can submit. You can also, um, there, there's an email link you can click on and shoot us an email. But yep, you know, we're, we're online and, and would love to, to speak with, you know, more hunting cabin enthusiasts because we think we could really help them out. Thanks a lot, Rob. Enjoyed it, man. Uh, next time we get a uh, electrical question, a solar question, I we'll think we know to having you to. back on. No <laughs> doubt about it. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Keep up the good work. I mean, if all we're thinking about is money, to me, my decision's pretty much made, unless I find out something different. Right, something to unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, it sounds I mean, like the, a no-brainer for you. The preliminary numbers I got, and this was told to me by by an engineer with the utility service, was you know, about three to four thousand dollars per pole to be to have power brought into my place. And, you know, based on where my cabin's going to be, um, I'm looking at, I'm guessing six poles to get it to the cabin. So yeah, that's a no brainer. You're cut somewhere off from was... 18 to $24,000 roughly is, and that's, that's not including getting it hooked up by an electrician, which may right. be another couple grand, I'd guess. So unless you're going to build a Taj Mahal, it makes sense for you to go solar from what I understand it. That's what it's meant. That's what it's sure for a cabin. You know, like right. I said, this series is about building a cabin. We're not talking about building a second home. We're not talking about building a primary residence. We're talking about building a cabin. And right, sure seems well, like it, man. I mean, I've, I've sold a, you know, four-bedroom lodge that ran purely off solar. So I, I don't want anybody to be confused. These are just little one-bedroom, you know, no. wood shacks either. I mean, these are nice lodges that, that we're seeing out there. That it's can just easily about, be equipped. It's just what your trade-off yeah. is going to be. Well, it's just, and these run off the, these are mini splits with full lights. I mean, this, you walk in, hit the switch, everything's rolling. You do not know that you're not on power. 
But like he said, if you want to have less draw, you just buy more efficient components on your uh, appliances and things like that. But most of these people that we see have a little bit of a, some kind of a backup, like the, this one had a generator with the built-in relay. So when the batteries hit below a certain point, the generator kicks on long enough to charge them up, turns itself back off. And other than that, it's hundred percent solar. Right. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. It's a, uh, it's cool. All the new technology that's out there and all the different alternatives. Hope you guys enjoyed this, this part of the series. Uh, just stay tuned. We're going to be covering even more as we get into building the cabin. Well, folks, that is going to wrap it up this week. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. Again, just text the word hunting to 773-770-4377. You'll join our email list. And wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros at landhunting.com. That's going to do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Hunt Land Show is brought to you by The Hunting Exchange. Buy and sell your hunting gear securely online. PayPal protected purchases, no hidden charges, listings are free. Head over to the App Store or Google Play and download the Hunting Exchange app today. And also buy Brush Clearing Services. Are you interested in building a healthy, sustainable habitat for a wide range of wildlife? If so, Brush Clearing Services and their 20 years of wildlife management experience should be your first choice. Check out their full line of property and land services at brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690. And also, Southern Seed and Feed, do you want to provide better nutrients for your deer? Check out Southern Buck. Your deer will love it. Visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-726. 2638 to find the dealer nearest you. And also brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. Bucks Island is a full service facility that sells new and used boats and motors. Visit them at 4500 Highway 77, Southside Alabama, or give them a call at 256 442 2588. And also by Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks are proud to be your metal roofing headquarters for over 40 years. Save time and money by buying from the most reliable manufacturer on the Gulf Coast. They now have eight locations to serve you. Dixie Supply and Baker Metalworks, your metal roofing headquarters. 